and we are recording. First of all, an apology to our listeners. We did not record last week, so you may have noticed a skip in the episodes. Apologies for that. Things came up. We had stuff to do that we, uh, some of which was not planned, and we didn't get an episode done for you guys. So we're going to try and make it up to you on this one, right, Dave? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a double doozy. <laughs> not like double that. length, uh, but uh, no, no, no. Yeah, a doozy in quality. <laughs> As if we can top our own quality. It's already so oh. superior. I mean, yes, come on. Of course. Um, so first of all, you know how we always start this off. Uh, we're going to have to uh, do a little bit of, you know what it is, the LDS church in the news. All right. So this one, a little lighter there. We've got a letter to the Salt Lake Tribune titled LDS church is equipped to grow medical marijuana. Huh? All right. So this is one of the businesses most equipped to grow medical marijuana in Utah. Well, you would need a large system of farming and experience with that, a system of transportation, plenty of money to finance the venture, and an honest business structure. So the business that comes to mind is, well, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of farms throughout this area, especially this area being Utah. They, they have farms everywhere. Uh, distribution centers are a natural fit with ward houses, right? Well, and then the church encourages each member to have their own personal garden. So we could just, you know, go in on Sunday and report on how, how's your weed growing. Yeah, yeah. You know, i got some good buds going, Bishop. And uh, what about tithing in the form of weed, right? We need to... <laughs> Tenth of your crop. <laughs> hey, man, you forgot to take the seeds out of this stuff. That's it. Double tithing uh, for you. Whatever. That's kind of a that's funny crazy. one. I was going to go a little more serious on the announcement of the temple in India, because I think hmm. that is a complete cluster. But nah, I'm going to avoid that for now. Maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, so... Guys and gals, listeners will recall we have brought up the bite model before by Stephen Hassan. Now, I will say again, and Stephen, if you ever listen to this podcast, number one, we love you. Uh, Continue. Good luck in your work. Number two, I'm curious if you are mispronouncing your own last name, because to me, (laughs) I would pronounce that Hassan, and it, it may be Middle Eastern in Asia, in in in, uh, in origin in Asia. Well, Middle East is close to Asia. Uh, Middle Eastern in origin, perhaps. So let us know if you're listening. Uh, I'm not going to bother you with a direct email or anything about this trivial topic, but um, it'd be interesting to hear. So until we get that confirmation, Stephen Hassan uh, has his infamous bite model that he's created around cults and the I in the bite model is information control. So we have behavior control, information control, thought control, and emotional control. So information control here, here we go. Here's the bullets under that deliberately withhold and distort information. We're talking about what you do with your group. Uh, that's part of a cult behavior forbid you from speaking with ex members and critics. Discur- 
discourage <laughs> access to non-cult sources of information, divide information into insider versus outsider doctrine. That's pertinent to our topic today. Generate and use propaganda extensively. Use information gained in confession sessions against the members. Gaslight to make members doubt their own memory. Require members to report thoughts, feelings, and activities to superiors. Encourage members to spy and report on each other for misconduct. These are part of information control uh, in a cult system. Uh, I think I see all of that happening in the good old Mormon church. Do you? I believe I have. I, I think I have as well. There's also a black or white mindset. Everything's black or white. It's either of God or of the devil. If you're not for him, you're against him kind of concept. And uh, there's definitely, yes, well, let's, let's, I think this is enough segue into the topic, which is what, David? Well, I was just playing on the web. Uh-oh. Not the web from two weeks ago. Oh, oh. Not the Waskily web. Oh, right. Uh, <laughs> YouTube. And someone had posted a list of the 10 books the LDS Church does not want you to read. Uh-huh. And I thought, well, that's interesting. That that would engender some good conversation. Uh, and, of course, I had to extend the list. <laughs> of course. And it probably will never end. So, uh yeah, there's not only the information that they're actively pushing on you, there's the information that they want to try to keep you away from. And this has been a huge problem for the church since the advent of the internet, of course, where, well, damn near everything's available if you know how to look for it. And this has led to who knows how many people have ended up leaving the church. Uh, So when you say these things, we don't want you to read. We discourage you from reading. Why? Mm. What are you afraid of? I mean, what could I find there? Uh, And it's automatically classified as anti. So I want to say something, the onset here. I have never read a book that I would consider anti-Mormon although some of them are clearly um, against the church, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So that definition, yeah, it's anti-Mormon. But they've all been uh, historically correct. Yeah. And so it's they're more like historical documents. The first one on the list is definitely that. Uh, This woman is a professional historian, Fawn M. Brody, in 1945, released No Man Knows My History, The Life of Joseph Smith. Definitely don't read that book because it's historically accurate. And uh, we find some things about Brother Joe that we probably don't want you to know in there. <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, I had an experience real quick. Uh, I was on a bus. And I, uh, it must have been tracks, because I, I never took buses up in Salt Lake. It had to be tracks. I don't know why. <laughs> it doesn't matter. And there's, this gal was sitting there, and she was reading a copy of No Man Knows My History. Ah. 
And she kind of looked at me and, and she, she, we made eye contact and she says, have you ever read this book? <laughs> oh, you really should read this. Of course I had heard of, heard of yeah, it. Yeah, right. And stay away from that. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, Satan's. Uh, and she says, you, you should read it. It's really good. Now here's the kicker. Had I done so, I might've left the church 10 years earlier. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. seriously. Anyway. Okay. Number two, we got to get rolling here. Early Mormonism and the magic worldview by D. Michael Quinn, another historian, mm. uh, a very voluminous uh, uh, book. And then I'm going to skip over. Well, uh, just a note on that one. Ahead, so, so oh, yeah. you know, Quinn, yeah. Quinn is a historian in that book, talks about, as the title suggests, the magic worldview. What the hell is that? Well, for those who haven't explored this topic of, of history, the time period when Joseph Smith started the church, you know, created the Book of Mormon, etc., this was a time period in the United States when a the there was as the, again back to the title there was this magical world view so things like the occult and magical reasoning behind things and events uh this was common among the populace they believed there was an unseen world a magical world spirits and and influence uh from these you know sources and uh, <clears throat> this was pretty common. And so things that are often attributed to being unique to Joseph Smith, even if you take a positive view to Mormonism, like this concept of, of seer stones and, you know, what was termed in that day glass looking uh, or um, the concept of talking with spirits, of, of buried treasure or buried records, you know, this this many things that members growing up, myself included, thought, oh, that's kind of unique. You know, that's kind of cool. Wow, Joseph, you know, well, guess what? <laughs> he wasn't the only guy talking about that stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. The, uh, Smith yeah. Was, was no exception, though. Yeah. They, uh, the whole family, I mean, again, it was, uh, it was common. Yeah, and, and community. The father, yeah. uh, you know, senior Joseph Sr. was was involved, of course. And then uh, the fun thing in this book, D. Michael Quinn provides pictures mm. uh, of some of these artifacts from the Smith home, talismans, other occult mm. objects in the book. I don't know if it's still in print, to be honest. Mm. Okay. Well, let's, let's mention his next book that's on this list, The Mormon Hierarchy origins of power hmm. so again uh historical early church mm -hmm. he has a, a companion volume or the mormon hierarchy extensions of power very voluminous again uh the man did his his research and uh come up with some pretty disturbing uh facts there um and he he was uh, excommunicated, right? D. Michael Quinn. Uh, I yes. don't know. Actually, I can look that up really quickly. Well, we can look yeah. that up. I'll look it yeah, up while you talk. I, I, I believe so. And I I think I think those books are out of print now. Uh, anyway, okay, let's move on. Yep, yep. 
This one. Sorry, I'm... quick note. So on September oh, September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety three, Quinn was excommunicated. Yeah. Yep. So that's been quite there a while ago. Okay. That's good to to be accurate about that information. Yeah. Um, well, let's move to uh, polygamy in sacred loneliness. The plural wives of Joseph Smith by Todd Compton. Uh, probably the only book on here I haven't mm. read. Uh, I know of it. Uh, we can imagine where he goes there, listing all these, uh, the wives. And it sounds like he's emphasizing uh, what that would be like uh, to be to, married to a man that 19 or whatever, 20 some other women are married yeah. to. It's, yeah, loneliness. Sac- oh, but it's sacred. Oh, loneliness. Okay. okay. That's, that's, that's that makes different. it better. Let, let me jump over to another one, uh, trying to keep some consistency here. This is also about polygamy. The 19th wife. Mm. So we know we had at least 19, right? The 19th Closer. wife by David, David Ebershoff. Okay. okay. Uh, did not read that book, but I, I know of it. Uh, had a copy in my hand and something else took precedence. Um, my ex-girlfriend actually just got on this kick where she wanted to know as much as she could. And we went through together 15, at least 15 books on Mormonism and polygamy over about a two year period Mm -hmm. of time. Uh, I figured, you know, she, she allowed me to pursue uh, subjects of interest to me. So I thought I would say, okay, let's, let's do this. All right. Switching gears, Joseph Smith, rough stone rolling, yep. uh, Richard Popular Bushman. One. So yeah, that's very well known. Was, was he not with BYU? You're going to ask me all these questions that I don't know the answer to. I, well, I should have, yeah. I should have done my, my history. It seems like he, he may have been, he was. Yeah. Okay, now my friend here in uh, Southern Utah, Arza Evans, wrote a book called The Keystone of Mormonism. And I've personally passed out five or six copies of this, including to you, yes, brother. Yes, you did. A very comprehensive book, uh, meaning he covers most of the main subjects, not in depth, but he tries to cover them all. He t- I think he does a really good job. I agree. With that. Now, let's uh, have a couple surprises, perhaps. Studies of the Book of Mormon by B.H. Roberts. <laughs> Member of the mm-hmm. 70, General Authority. I think we brought him we up did. before. I think even lead historian ago, of the church good. for quite some time back then. Yeah. Right. So, no, don't look at that because. Uh, he tells it the way it is. He says there's a lot of problems with the Book yeah. of Mormon, and he's not afraid to, to talk about it. And him. again, folks, the interesting thing to me with Roberts in that book, uh, you'll highly encourage you to read that if you haven't read it yet. Um, anyway, it comes to the cl- conclusion, as, as David just alluded, that uh, there's problems, there's anachronisms in, within the Book of Mormon, there's issues that just can't be true. <laughs> so, uh, from a historical point of view, but there's gotta be, you know, he, he had a TBM, you know, uh, dedicated Mormon outlook on it. There's gotta be a good yeah. reason for that. 
so brethren, you know, leaders, 12, he had the, the ear of the 12, and the prophet was his friend. Uh, I think it was Grant at the time, was it not? Um, anyway, uh, yeah. yeah that, uh, that, hey, that guys, can you, uh, surely you're prophet, seers, and revelators, so you can give me, you know, give not just me, the church, good reasoning behind why, you know, all these, these issues in the Book of Mormon. God will tell you the answers and we can get that out there, right? So that we can, you know, cut this off early because this is going to be a problem if we don't for earlier or for subsequent generations, right? And uh, kind of prophesying a little there. And we've mentioned what happened before where their answer to his question to, to resolve this uh, and, and talk with God about it was to bear their testimonies, <laughs> Which wasn't helpful, pissed him off. Yeah. You know, he's like, you got to be kidding me. You know, let's, really? Um, so, yeah, anyway, interesting. But he stayed, uh, and we can only guess at, at what was going yeah. on in his mind. He may have looked at what we call the cost yep. of leaving cost. and thought, you know, I'll just suck it up. Yeah. And, uh, I know these issues are here, but I don't want to deal with the collateral yep. damage. Uh, uh, very few people are willing to do that, but especially a general authority. Yeah. So, okay, let's stay with BH. And uh, how about this? I'm thinking there's six volumes of this, uh, A Comprehensive History of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Is it six it or seven eight. volumes? Could be. Yeah, it's that's quite a bit of information. Now think and about And BH that didn't write it, he compiled it, folks, just to be clear. So yes, this was something right. Joseph Smith himself requested be done, that his actions, his Correct. his teachings, his his sermons, you know, whatever, he he instructed that those be recorded for posterity. And then what BH did uh, is basically compile a bunch of that stuff into multiple volumes. So, again, now that's four books <laughs> dealing directly with church history. We don't yeah. want. Why you would to read. we not want you to read a comprehensive history of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints? Well, <laughs> <laughs> because it's it, it's pretty correct, and and the information yeah. is damning. Uh, and so there are a lot of people. I had a, a copy of the whole set. Uh, you know, well, hell, I had a couple thousand LDS books yeah. at, at one time, and I thought that the accumulation of books would uh, somehow answer mm -hmm. my questions. Uh, among those that I haven't didn't write down here is one that was a standard, almost like uh, a standard work in the church, and that was Mormon Doctrine by Bruce R. Yeah. McConkie, which they are now allowing mm -hmm. to go out of print. Why would you not want to read that book? <laughs> I mean, Mormon Doctrine. And it was, again, it was quoted almost weekly yes. in church meetings. I read it a lot. I used it a lot in talks and lessons. And uh, I guess I was doing a church a favor when I burned my <laughs> copy. And that may seem, I, I'm serious, that may seem childish, but in a, a fit of anger, and we talked about mm -hmm. the anger that can come up when you finally see that you've been duped, that you've been 
yeah. fucked over basically. Uh, I came home one day and in a rage doused that thing <laughs> with gasoline and burned it. I, I know. just think it's I, hilarious. Yeah. Well, I, Jesus, I would have that... loved to have been there. I mean, uh, well, if I'd have known, I was yeah. doing the church a favor. Get they don't want you shit. reading that thing. Fahrenheit 451 <laughs> it, man. Get rid of that shit. There it is. Yeah. Uh, interesting book, right? It went through a couple <laughs> editions, at least. And and one of the reasons prompting the, uh, the edition, uh, the re- revision, if Change you will, update. Uh, is Bruce mm-hmm. got into a little hot water, believe it or not, Mr. Expound from the pulpit in, in that uh, rememberable Utah accent that he had. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, he called, he did things like call the Catholic church, the, the mother of harlots, right. That uh, was talked about in the Bible and mm-hmm. stuff like that, which, you know, Hey, Everybody was okay with that for a long time. And then came some concerns. Let's be a little more PC. We probably shouldn't call the Catholic Church the mother of harlots, right? And now fast forward, and we've got Rusty out there meeting with the Pope. So things have changed. Things have changed. Well, it was okay to to call the uh, Catholic Church, you know, the great and abominable, even in the temple until 1990. Yeah, that's right. A lot of listeners won't know that in the old, well, the uh, there were many, many re- uh, versions of the Temple film. In one of the older versions of the Temple film that that our parents, so my uh, David and my parents would have seen and did see in the Temple was there was a portrayal of a priest, a Catholic priest, as being and he was in kind the of, employ of Satan. Yes, he Satan was in was the his boss. <laughs> yes, he was in the employ of Satan, and he was uh, he was giving you know the thoughts of men mingled with Scripture that was coming from him, the Catholic priest. Yeah, very very against openly against the Catholic Church in its early history, and then uh, all of a sudden we're buddies with the Pope. Kind of interesting. Yeah, but, yeah. I, I, so these changes are. Are continual. Mm. Now, I'll list one more. This yeah. is 26 volumes, Journal of Discourses. Uh, the church does not want you to read those. There's a lot of really nasty <laughs> information. There's things in there from Brigham Young. They think this guy is not even a nice guy, no. let alone a man of God or a prophet of God. No. The guy's a raging asshole. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously. Oh, he was misogynistic, uh, uh, bigoted, uh, racist, uh, abusive, uh, megalomaniac. I mean, this guy—he <laughs> yeah. had his—he had his empire, his kingdom, in the Great Salt Lake, not part of the United States at the time, way out here in the middle of BFE. And he's controlling everybody, man. And he's, you know, he's got the women. He's got the money. He's got control over the assets. I mean, uh, yeah. And this is where famous teachings like the Adam-God theory and the blood atonement uh, and shit like that, you know, came out. And and again, when you present some of this embarrassing stuff to true active members, right, who really don't know their own history, unfortunately. I, I didn't because I hadn't read a lot of this history until I left even, um, they'll, you know, there's common defenses, a common defense. Well, you know, 
uh, one of my favorites, right? Sometimes these guys speak as a man and sometimes they speak as the prophet. Like you're supposed to know, right? Which is which, which is problematic from the beginning. Right. But then well, like usually- uh, his example of saying when he sent the, the guys up to Canada- Oh, that was a test. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, not all revelations are from God. Some are of man, some are of God, and some- some are from Satan. <laughs> like, what do you know about revelations from Satan, by the way? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, and, and oh, we're never, God. you know, yeah. we're never going to uh, convince anybody no. to start thinking for themselves. It, I, I, that's not going to happen. That's why yeah. initially when Michael brought up this podcast idea, I thought, ah, you know, I'm done. I just, I'm out. And again, uh, I've said it two or three times already. He mentioned how much damage is being done yeah, uh, in various ways. And I thought, yeah, okay, I'm on because, yeah, I want to see a stop to that. So, uh, so what we've done is list a lot of books that you could at one time find in an LDS bookstore. Sure. Well, about half of them actually. And now let's top finalize the list, okay? How about the LDS scriptures themselves? <laughs> <laughs> Please don't read those because you'll, you'll find a whole lot of problems. Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, yeah, just yeah, a, just some of the some of the very common ones, or the ones that are commonly spoken about, anyway, guys. You know these. So, section one thirty-two of the Doctrine and Covenants, still in the approved LDS scriptures. They haven't taken it out. It talks about the the new and everlasting covenant, as it is called, which is explicitly plural marriage. That's what it is. It is polygamy. That is the way God wants you to marry. This is the way you do it. In fact, we're going to go into detail. Here's how you determine if a second wife is, is, you know, uh, legitimately able to, to come into your family and, uh, She's got to be a virgin, and your first wife has to approve, and there's all these, you know, rules and guidelines about how to do it. Interestingly, Joseph Smith himself didn't follow any of those guidelines. (laughs) Uh, Not to mention the fact that some of these women were already married to another guy. Uh Uh-oh. They certainly weren't virgins, and Emma didn't know shit about it. So there was no approval going on. Oops. Oopsie. Uh, anyway, man, you know, that's just one of many examples. We've talked about the Book of Mormon. You could have a year-long podcast on the Book of Mormon. There's plenty of material out there on the internet. You guys are, are able, you've seen much of it already, I'm sure. Well, uh, how just, about just one? Know, yeah. The most correct book on earth, right? Of <laughs> right. any book that's had <laughs> how many thousands of revisions? Oh, yeah. And edits. Yep. Yeah. How many? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sandra and Gerald Tanner documented them, and it was a, a, an entire uh, volume uh, of these changes. I don't have the time to, I mean, you know. Yeah. It's yeah. either it, the brethren themselves have said it in many times uh, over the years, the history of the church. It either stands or falls, you know, the keystone of Mormonism. Yes, that's on, right. on this book. Well, thank you. 
and it's bullshit. So the church falls. Thank you for helping me with yeah, that. Yeah, and how bold, right? I call that move. I call that repeated, re, you know, that refrain that came constantly from the leadership all through the decades, exactly as you described, right? In many different phrases, mm-hmm. Book of Mormon's it, right? This is the foundation of our faith. Stands or falls with this. I call that uh, the uh, the reformed Egyptian argument <laughs> <laughs> because it was safe to say that. For a long time. So just like the book of Abraham was safe until, oops, now we can translate Egyptian. What the fuck? This has nothing to do with Abraham. This said, you know, the same kind of thing. Wait a minute. We've got archaeologists and historical, you know, findings here that kind of say, uh, uh-oh, there were no horses or there were no chariots or there was no steel or there were, you know, go on and on and on to the dozens and dozens and dozens of issues in the Book of Mormon, right? And, and uh oh, you know, well, now you're in a Book of Abraham fix because you just said all this shit was true. And so you start to see changes in the church that we've also brought up in other episodes, right? Changes right. in, for example, the definition of the word translate. Well, it doesn't really mean what translate means. <laughs> it means it means, you know, receive direct revelation from God. Well, that direct revelation, even if that's true, is not even accurate. Well, it's more of a story and morals than it is a, a specific mm-hmm. literal history. Well, that's not what Joseph Smith himself said. That's kind of a problem. You know, we we could list all of the changes and then again, these books that are being allowed to go out of print and I'm going to guess or whatever the word is hazard, a guess it's not very hazardous that at some (laughs) point they may take the facsimiles out of the book of Abraham. They may They'll, they'll just say, you know, we realized, Oh, by the way, no, we didn't realize we had a revelation (laughs) <laughs> and the Lord let us know that they're really not very useful. So yes. we just took them out. <laughs> yes. Can you see that happening? I do. I can totally see that happening. Yes. Yeah. Following a revelation, of course, like you said, right? Yeah. There's got to be happen. a revelation. Um, yeah, I could totally see that happening. <laughs> see, now, now that now it's true. We fixed or, it a little bit. Now it's well, true. <laughs> or a change, or a change in the preface, even something, but something little minor under the you know, under the covers. So you'll recall the uh, preface to the Book of Mormon said initially that the uh, the American Indians, the Native Americans, are the, quote, principal ancestors. Mm-hmm. Or, 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 sorry, princi- well, the Lamanites are their principal ancestors. They are yeah. the prodigy of the Lamanites. Okay, now... It says among the ancestors of the Native Americans yeah. is is the were the Lamanites. Are, Just little yes. changes in words, right? Because we did this little something called DNA, right. and that's that silly DNA, you know, showed that oops, there's no Israelite blood in these guys. Yeah. <laughs> and these changes are so subtle. And the yeah. average member of the church, as I recall, is not that much into the scriptures. I mean, I was married to a woman who, other than being called on it in a lesson to read a verse, never cracked a page. Yeah. Wasn't interested. 
Yeah. And they a change like they would have not a clue no. that a change that's actually pretty significant had taken place. Yeah. So our last example, the LDS scriptures themselves, the church both says, please do read those. <laughs> and then, <laughs> oops, uh, yeah. whoops, we, we really wish you would yeah, be careful about how you read them. So let's move to the information that they themselves, well, have created outside of the, the canon of scripture. From day one, you're being fed a certain type of information. This again fits into the bite model, the, the cult mm-hmm. behaviors. You're being uh, told in primary through songs, mostly, mm-hmm. uh, all about the history of the church. Uh, I hope they call me on a mission. <laughs> you know, the whole thing from, hey, day one. Yeah. And then when you're a youth, you have what's called The Friend is a magazine mm-hmm. yeah. that uh, designed uh, to indoctrinate the youth. And then as you get older, there's the new era. When you're mm-hmm. like in your teenage years, and then as an adult, the ensign. Uh, and so you're by the time. And you which try one to of read, those? Which one of those, Dave's? Dave is is the Leahona. It's oh, that's the Spanish version. Of, of uh, which new, one? New era, I think. New era or ensign? I don't remember now. One of those yeah, is called the Leahona in some countries. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, if you're following the brethren again, um, and you're going to church every Sunday, you're going to your classes, you're reading your scriptures like you're supposed to, you read your magazines, you haven't got time to read anything else. No. That's that's information control. It is information control. Yeah. And then if that's so, not enough, right, you've got your Sunday school lessons. You mentioned primary, of course, those lesson manuals and the instruction on what you're supposed to teach is constructed carefully by the church all the way up in, into adulthood, obviously, uh, with different manuals for each class. And then you've got uh, the talks, you know, conferences, etc., by the leadership who give very explicit information or instruction sometimes about some of these topics. You know, I'll rec- I recall a, a talk from Bednar, one of my favorite lizard-like <laughs> visages. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> where he talks about, uh, uh, yeah, the internet's great. Just hang out on LDS.org, right? I mean, are you That's fucking all. kidding me? You know, it sounds like Nazi Germany. I oh, mean, yeah. how many books did they burn? And they, you'd say, well, damn, you know, well, they're smart enough to know, control the information, control the people. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's of, simple. Of course. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, there you go, right? So uh, be careful. Don't read any of the banned books. Uh, we would discourage actual reading of the scriptures themselves, of course, because, uh, you know, unless you skip around, which most people do, you're safe, right? Just skip, you know, a few sections of the Doctrine and Covenants, skip some parts in the Book and of Mormon. if you, you do know. come across something that seems to contradict something you just read or read, you know, the previous week or whatever, just realize that you're don't have the understanding yet. It's, it's, it's you. 
It's not the information. That's right. You have a problem. And uh, as soon as you're enlightened enough or inspired enough, you'll, you'll understand what's going on there. Yeah. 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 That's right. Just stay at it. And, and, and look, all these concerns are silly, right? Uh, I mean, the fact that there were no, uh, you know, cattle and horses and, and stuff elephants. like that. <laughs> elephants, fucking elephant right, in the United States. Oh look, uh, all I got is one word for that shit, guys. Dinosaurs. Come on. You know, dinosaurs. So God decided, oh, I'm done with dinosaurs. Kaboom. Right. So he decided, oh, I'm done with horses and cattle and steel and and, uh, you know, uh, elephants and and the wheel and a bunch of other technological, you know, advancements. Uh, boom. Right. So when the Spaniards came, all that shit was gone. And there's your answer. Right. It's very simple. If you would just have a little more faith, if you would just have, you know, trust in God yeah. a little more. If you're having doubts, you're, you're not praying enough. You know, it's that simple. <laughs> you, and do, be honest with yourself, you know, don't try to push it off on some other thing. Like, like the information is all screwed up. It, you're not praying. <laughs> hey, by the way, when was the last time you went to the temple? Yeah, that's right. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Uh, Come on. At least once a week, pray uh, beginning midday evening, at least we're talking minimums here. Okay. If you just, if you're like, terrestrial quality all right these are minimums um so anyway guys we hope that you'll do better and uh yeah i think that's all i have to say my final thought keep your eyes wide shut (laughs) (laughs) indeed indeed and uh nothing else to say uh on that uh it chill out and uh you know take care and uh don't get bs'd <laughs>